0: Welcome to the Fargo podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX slash Hulu now. I don't know. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. It's been like 100 years since we've covered Fargo, hasn't it? I wrote, I be, when I opened
1: the notes, I took a note of, because I always use the same notes for every show. Um, I took a note as the last time I opened my Fargo notes, and it was June 29th,
0: 2017. Jeez. Okay. That's longer now, even than I thought it was.
1: It's it's longer. I think, like, all of Legion happened. Uh, <laughs> Lucy in the Sky would die. Like, this, this man's been busy.
0: Uh, yeah, um, Noah Hawley.
1: He just hasn't been... Noah Hawley has not been working on Fargo. It's, it's been a long time now. It's been longer than it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. But still, like, if this thing had seen the light of day in, in April, it would have been fully three years since the last time Fargo had graced our screen. So I'm very glad to have Fargo back. I think that Noah Hawley brings always something interesting from a storytelling perspective from a visual perspective and i've missed that perspective on television
0: yeah and the show is just fun um you know if you've been with us for the last three seasons there's there's always something serious but there's always you know those quirks about fargo that make it fun uh i'm super excited to get to season four it looks from everything i'm hearing it's supposed to be bigger and better than any of the other seasons um so we're We're coming together today to do a preview podcast for season four. Just talk a little bit about the trailers we've seen, the information we know about it. Um, You know, generate some hype for it because we're excited for it. Uh, It's going to be coming back. It was supposed to, as you mentioned, come back in April, but instead, thanks to COVID, it's going to be coming back September 27th. um, And that's this Sunday coming up at it's going to be airing initially on uh, FX network on cable At 9 p.m., and then it'll be available to everyone who has Hulu the next day. Uh, That's probably how I'll be watching it. I don't have cable anymore, so
1: yeah, effects on Hulu. Yeah, we uh, (laughs) played the we used that PlayStation View, and they canceled PlayStation View on us. We didn't cancel (laughs) cable. Cable canceled us, (laughs) Uh, and then COVID happened. We haven't had reason to watch uh, a lot of cable TV.
0: And they're going to be airing the first two episodes back to back uh, on the 27th. So. Get ready for that. We're going to be doing. We're going to be covering both of those the the Tuesday after it airs. Um, a total of eleven episodes, I guess. So a mm-hmm. little bit longer, I think, of a season than previously, and that kind of so yeah works out with the the scope and the scale of this thing that I've that I've heard about. So, uh, yeah. and our podcast coverage is going to be the same kind of you know thematic, um, based podcast. No no full recap, but we'll just be jumping in and talking about the things we thought were interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and those are going to be released probably Tuesday evenings, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of excited that it slipped to this time slot because Fargo to me has always felt kind of autumnal and wintry. You know, it, it's usually got a lot of snow on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. I, it feels, it feels more at home in this, at uh, this time of year than it does like a, as an early spring show that wraps up by the, by the time summer's just getting started. Yeah. So I know it's a quirk of the schedule, but I'm I'm excited to maybe maybe see a Fargo with snow
0: on the ground later yeah. in this year. And I think it's important to tell people like the date and time that it's airing too because it's a different day of the week now. It used to air on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Yeah, I think it's a Wednesday night show. It seems like it's been promoted in a weird way to Sunday night. That's kind of where all the prestige mm-hmm. television is living nowadays on cable, so Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're I mean, they're definitely giving this show a boost, I think, and uh, it's probably partially due to the the way that Noah Hawley's been running it, where he won't do a season unless he's got a really good idea for it mm, mm-hmm. uh, and thinks it'll be bigger and better than the rest. And I've I've seen the trailers um, and I watched a, like a first look where the actors are kind of talking about it. It's a really good trailer. Like, I'm mm-hmm. it, look I see all these tricks that trailers do with their scores. Like, every single score in every trailer now is, like, this Hans Zimmer, uh, you know, b- this this build of drums and noise and sound until it cuts out. And then they get you with a line, and then it kicks back in. And, like, you mm. see all those things happening, but ultimately it works for me. Like, it got me really excited about the thing.
1: Yeah, plus it just, I don't know, there's something a little... Uh, I, I got to watch some of these trailers in like ultra high def, and it's like there's something that just feels a little crisper to it, the the cinematography this year too. I don't know if they, yeah. they're doing something different or different film stock or different cameras, um, or if just like different lighting. But like it 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 really really pops. I saw. Um, plus, it's also I I I don't. It might be the fact that it's a period piece. I know some of these Fargos have been. I think it's the furthest back in time we've gotten on one. Like, right? We've never gotten further back than like the seventies, I believe.
0: Yeah, this takes place in the fifties.
1: Yeah. Um. So there's maybe uh, there's, there's something in that that like kind of looks more timeless to me. But like, I think the show Fargo's always been a great looking show. But like, it's threatening to be like a really great looking show.
0: Sure um i saw in one of the trailers they they were talking about the multi-generational aspect of this and they were showing this Mm. joplin's department store um kind of the the front of it and they showed two different groups of people meeting out in front of that but the footage was like one was very high def and one was lower def like an sd kind of thing i wonder if they're Mm. if that is just like a quirk of that particular footage or if they're going to be kind of differentiating because you know how fargo always tends to differentiate between timelines with like different aesthetics right maybe they're doing that with like a resolution kind of thing here um or clarity kind of thing could be because this this is going to be by all rights a pretty big story it's going to take place in the 1950s um with in kansas city missouri and it's going to be kind of the black mafia and the italian mafia um these two crime syndicates in an uneasy piece, I think. And then maybe a, a couple of them getting antsy and wanting to move in on the territory of the other.
1: Uh, yeah, it sounds kind of like American gangster, Denzel Washington, only yeah. Midwestern and 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the whole kind of like, you know, Italian mob might be getting a little, uh, old and complacent and you got a younger, hungrier upstart gang, a new, new band of, uh, 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 moving in, got new ideas. Um, I really enjoyed Alan Seppen Seppenwall's review, and he he brought out that um, you know, like Chris Rock is the leader of this gang, the black gang that's moving in on the Italians, and he's got like uh these altogether modern ideas. Like, I got the opinion that he's kind of like a 1950s Stringer Bell, always looking for a legit angle. Like one of them is he's pushing huh. on he's pushing this idea of like credit cards, essentially. Okay. banks in the 1950s you know hmm. but nobody's like who's that's a crazy idea because it's coming from uh you know a black guy uh I, I just i don't know i think that sounds like a really fun idea chris rock is a stringer bell type trying to um you know move this criminal enterprise into some land of either, either bigger bigger and better or, or a frontier of respectability i think that's an inherently interesting concept
0: yeah in, in that uh first look thing they were talking also about like the the multi-generational aspect of it but but the the idea of like the immigrational aspect of america um and how mm-hmm. america is essentially a land of immigrants uh and how that changes how you feel about being an american as like you sort of age out of those roles like multi-generationally mm-hmm. right like your your children aren't immigrants your children are natural born americans, americans. what does that mean in this context and like mm-hmm. you know when you have all these cultures mashing up against each other the african american culture the italian culture the i don't know christian whatever culture that that the, they arrived on the mayflower with like that kind of thing it gets muddy and weird Um, Well, it's interesting. Yeah, because like, you know, you and
1: I both are multi-generational immigrants. You're from Italian family. I'm from a German family. mm -hmm. But in the year 2020, we're just fucking Americans. Right. But if our grandfathers, great grandfathers had been black instead of German or Italian, we'd still be black. Right. So it means like it's like being American means something entirely differently depending on the color of skin you are. And, Mm -hmm. you know. If uh, if you're mostly uh, passing as white, then it's it means a completely different thing. I I Fargo's never been a show to shy away from any of those issues. Yeah, and in fact, it feels like this year they might even be mixing them up. And because I noticed that one of these characters is like a rabbi, and he's raising a black daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like a Bonnie and Clyde that, except for they're they're both Bonnies. Um
0: uh-huh.
1: uh and and you know so it's so like I I didn't notice just from watching the trailer but Alan Sepinwall said that they're like lesbian gangsters. So there's a lot of um you know uh interesting situations that you don't see in a lot of contemporary 1950s entertainment. You know, obviously this stuff sure. has been around. Just same point that they're making in in Lovecraft Country.
0: I don't know um, there those two uh lesbian outlaw uh characters in Leave It to Beaver, I thought. Were they? Yeah. Am I, am I wrong about that? I might be. <laughs> Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Sure, I remember. Sure. Uh. <laughs> no, I'm getting a lot of like raising Arizona vibes from those characters. Like they, they yeah. at one point rob some place with uh, "you got a penny on your head" that kind of thing. Uh-huh. The, you know the the Nick Cage that exists at the end of Raising Arizona is very much that flavor.
1: You know, so that's interesting. One of the one of the coolest things about watching Fargo the series is seeing which of the Coen Brothers films it's playing homage to. Because mm-hmm. every year there's like a palette full of different Coen Brothers, and they've you know Coens go very serious and bloody and violent to very lighthearted and whimsical and silly. Right? There's every spectrum of the drama rainbow you can find in a Coen Brothers film. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned raising Arizona and you think of raising Arizona, you think of like, you know, Nick cage and pantyhose on his head. And yeah, the, you know, guys got, there's got jammies wearing Yodas and shit and that kind of stuff. But they also feature this like b- biker from hell, uh-huh. like personification of vengeance. I wonder if they'll have any of that. Like they're, I, if they, they're painting with Coen brothers, paintbrush, there's gotta have some kind of a dark menacing and they,
0: have like they, a David Stewis from last season, sort of, or vibe. Billy
1: Bob Thornton from the first, like borderline yeah. satanic, evil supernatural force. Yeah, um, which I I actually like when Fargo goes in that dimension. Sometimes they take it too far. Like I I argue that the you know that's that's if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, the aliens is a bit of a of a stick up my ass. Sure, uh, me too. Some people loved it, some people hated it. Um, but I, I do like, I, I thought that Billy Bob was exactly right. Yeah. Was he supernatural? Was he not? The line is very blurred. And if they're doing Raising Cain, I would like to see them, uh, maybe doing that. Um, a serious man's another one If you got like, uh, if, if, um, like a rabbi character is going to be a big part of this, uh, season, that might be another one to watch to kind of, um, you know, get your mind prepared for what Holly's, uh, uh, coming at us. Mm-hmm. uh they could always do like they haven't done anything in hail caesar wouldn't that be period <laughs> accurate too yeah
0: mm, yeah was it like, during the like the mccarthy red
1: scare, red scare. yeah okay. yeah yeah i sure. feel like that they could they could and that there was something yeah you know what because there was some mention about something commie uh in the trailer yeah you're right
0: okay so they Maybe could do, they could ash
1: a, they could do a dash of hail caesar in there too who knows
0: Hail Caesar, are um, not the not the Cohen's finest work, I would argue. but Not the sure. finest. Not the take, finest. Take I did like the
1: I did like that musical number with uh Channing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dave Channing. That was pretty good. That's the the one standout. Uh but supposedly, yeah, you got the the Syndicate War in 1950s, Kansas City. Uh you got the Frada, the Fada family, led mm-hmm. by Jason Schwartzman, uh, who I've always enjoyed. We just did a um, recently, a, a movie review of uh, what was that? Scott Pilgrim? Uh, no, not well. Yeah, he was in Scott Pilgrim, oh, but the, his his first role, Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting to see like his int- intrigued acting, and then a couple months later, we're going to see what he's up to lately. Uh, but he looks like a lot of fun. Uh, the other side of the gang is uh, the gangsters led by Chris Rock as Loy Cannon, mm-hmm. um, and then you got this Ben Wishaw. Playing this rabbi character. Now, do you know Ben Wishaw? Have you seen him in anything?
0: Not that I recognize him from
1: his his main. St- so he's been in a few like small roles and weird movies like Cloud Atlas, uh, The Danish Girl, The Lobster. I've no. I've seen Cloud Atlas and The Lobster, um but he also plays the new Q from all of the Bond movies from Skyfall forward. So you might have recognized him in that. I didn't recognize him, but sure, I'll take your
0: word for it. (laughs) I've seen those. I'm looking
1: for. I'm looking for because he's done. He's. He's. I thought he was really good in The Lobster and Cloud Atlas. And then we just saw Jesse Buckley, and I'm thinking of ending things. Mm, Yeah. And she plays this nurse Mayflower character who I'm getting a hint, uh, getting the hint that she is uh, maybe stealing drugs from patients, getting high on her own supply. Sure. Um, and the other two, like this is a pretty like, they've always had been really stacked in their cast on Fargo seasons. But then Jack Houston, who is my absolute favorite character out of um, Boardwalk Empire. He plays this like traumatized, scarred World War One vet, badass, turned badass mafia hitman. He plays a cop here uh, for the third faction. Uh, he plays a cop who I think is also a traumatized war vet from World War One or maybe the Korean War. Mm. Um, Type and he's cast. paired up with he's paired up with Timothy Oliphant, Hell Speaking yeah. of typecasting, <laughs> who's playing a mouthy, sardonic U.S. Marshal? Fuck
0: yeah! This is why I'm here. And this is the number one reason I'm here. To be frank,
1: yeah. Yeah, same. I really love Timothy Oliphant. I really love his Raylan Givens, and this seems mm-hmm. like a, a maybe a potentially evil version of Raylan. I just can't get
0: enough of Timothy Oliphant. You know, spitting law shit and and yeah, catching the bad guys. I I don't know. It's great.
1: What was his line from the trailer? Like, uh, if if uh, this if this if if a person wanted their pug pulled, is this the place they'd come to get the 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 their, their pulled or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. He's got a way of dialogue in a way that I do not. Is um, he got a shaved head or is he rocking like uh, one of those wolf type uh, Macklemore haircuts?
0: It's a good question. I haven't. I don't think I saw him without his hat on. So he might have some hair, some some long, you know, uh, shit. What's oh, That was popular, a popular style around like the 30s, right?
1: Yeah, I think like, it, like the, 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 the kind of boardwalk empire tight stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: Nikki's cousin or uncle or, wait, no, nephew had one of those deals. Right, so it
0: might be that, or he might have a shaved head. I think he would look a little strange with a shaved head, but okay.
1: But if he wants to wear a cowboy hat the whole time, I've got no problem with that, too. That's essentially justified. Um, Man's got pretty hair, but if he wants to put it underneath the hat...
0: Yeah, I, I do think it would be a shame if they took all of his hair off, because it is nice. But also, this hat looks a little clunkier than the Raylan hat. Like, the Raylan hat's a mm. little more streamlined, a little thinner. This looks like a big... I, I'm thinking this looks almost like one of those big foam uh, cowboy hats that so you get at, like, a, <laughs> yeah. ba- a baseball game or something. I don't even know where you get them, but one of those things. Well... That's Kansas City style.
1: You wear them, you wear, them, they got them Them hats big and they, they like them foamy in Kansas City. It's like the barbecue sauce is a little, little, little,
0: little, little different and so is their hats. There's a scene where Chris Rock literally brings a knife to a gunfight, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me, I wonder if that's a bad sign. If he's going to be like a little out of his depth with the Italian mob here or if that's just an intimidation kind of thing. Yeah, I'm
1: curious to see because it's like um, you mentioned it's generational um, that uh, there's there's a couple scenes of like Jason Schwartzman dealing with like um, this old ill. It seems like he's in poor health. Maybe it's his father or like a you know the the current mafia don, mm-hmm. and that could be the case. Like if Chris Rock is getting into this war thinking that he's fighting this old dying man, and it turns out he's got you know he's up against Jason Schwartzman with something to prove. Having said that, I have a very hard time taking jo- Jason Schwartzman seriously. Hundred percent. Like he seems to be a buffoonish character, but there has been, you know, some buffoonish, scary characters in in the Fargo history. That's um, true. I mean, even David Thewlis is kind of s- silly until you really got to got to know how fucked up he was. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. He could be uh, if they, they can make Jason Schwartzman be. Um, scary like they did a little bit like a martin freeman yeah they turned him into a scary guy by the end of that uh first first season oh they sure did
0: it it can be done the other thing that i noticed in the trailer is this joplin's department store which i mentioned earlier uh fargo, it's a place where
1: people get their puds pulled yeah
0: <laughs> right right <laughs> uh fargo has a way of using locations in interesting ways. Mm. And this, this is shown conspicuously in the trailer. And so I got to think like, what is going to happen? Like I'm thinking back to like previous seasons, like in season two, you've got the hotel shootout. Uh, I want to say season Mm. three is like the shootout inside the building, but shot exterior um, so that you're kind of just like hearing and seeing windows blown out and all that stuff. But like they have a way of using their locations in interesting ways. And I am, I'm just wondering what's going to happen to Joplin's. Is it going to get blown up? Is it going to get shot up? Is a truck going to drive through the front of it? That Something bad has got to happen there.
1: Well, the good news is we won't have to wait long to find out what happens to Joplin and uh, uh, the t- Raylan Givens' hair and Chris Rock's credit card scheme because they're they're starting the season this weekend and they're getting it out with a hustle. Uh, the Hurry Up 2 episodes released. Um, so yeah, we're going to have two hours of Fargo to talk about next week. Hope you guys join us along. Uh, the voyage, the trip through uh, Minnesota. Well, it's not Minnesota, Kansas City. It's Going to yeah. have the Minnesota nice accent. Missouri. Uh, Nurse Buckley. Nurse Buckley's got got it going on in spades. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be watching each week. Uh, we'll be releasing the episode on Tuesdays. That gives you a couple days if you want to send in feedback at. To fargo at baldmove.com. I encourage you to do so. You can also discuss it on our forums at forums.baldmove.com. Uh, I will be looking at our mailbag to see what the what you're thinking about, what's your, the things that you catch on the episodes, uh, any theories that you have about the weeks ahead, especially, especially if you got uh, any insight to the, the, the deep Cohen references. I like tearing apart that stuff as well. Send that in to fargo at baldmove.com. Really glad that Fargo is back on the air and glad to be talking with you fine people about it each week. So we'll see what happens this weekend. We'll be back to talk about the first two episodes next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.